Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. This is JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern (laughs) music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great. Why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? I am doing fantastic, Rob. We're in a new venue today. Yeah. Just off 23rd over here in downtown Chattanooga. True. So with new venues means new restaurant opportunities. So oh. as I was coming in today, you gave me the choices and went with Crystals, um, which we haven't talked about on this show before. Yep. And I had a interesting encounter as I was getting my food. I asked for some ketchup as I got it to go, and the guy gave me one packet of ketchup. And I was like, well, I've got three crystals and a frog. I was like, "Do you care if I get a you know a little bit of extra ketchup?" And he gave me two more packets of ketchup. So I'm guessing this guy's the manager trying to cut <laughs> his costs. So three packs of ketchup. Would you? Which brings a good question. Would you rather have not enough ketchup or like thirty thousand packs of ketchup? Like at Taco Bell, I feel like they give me a million sauces yeah. Yeah. for like the few tacos. It's like there's no way. It, I, um, which is more of a nuisance? It's like, what am I going to do with these five hundred packs of ketchup or you have to keep asking the guy. Over. I would rather them. I would rather them hand me an overflowing fistful, just one of whatever sauce I want. Right. You know what okay. I mean? That now ketchup, I don't really care about. But if you, like Taco Bell, I'll keep those sauces at home. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like I'll uh-huh. save those for a rainy day. I might need that. <laughs> I might need that Polynesian sauce from Chick Fil A. Oh yeah, right? that's your choice. Just, is the oh, Polynesian? Man, every day. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. buddy Ben Simpson just introduced me to that not too long ago. Oh, I'd never had the Polynesian. So it's good. good. I love it. It's got I don't know what all it's got in it. Magic, <laughs> unicorn blood. No, and, it's like uh, from the. Uh, King Solomon or something. It's holy <laughs> sauce. Right, yeah. By the way, if you're not from the South, if you're not from probably like America. South of, if you're not from South of Nashville, you probably don't know what crystals are. Oh, it's, uh, White, it's White Castle, Castle around the world. Else. Yeah, sorry to, it, I didn't clear that. Anymore. Yeah, it's the little square hamburgers. That's and they're the amazing. But uh, yeah, Crystal Corporation, based in Chattanooga, Tennessee. How about that? Just around the corner. From wow, just here. around the corner. We're literally like maybe a half mile from the Crystal Building. Which is, you know, big, anyway, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. The whole thing smells <laughs> like onions. So uh, they're they're, uh, they're too close to the headquarters. They're afraid that the like CEO may step by. He's like, man, good job on the two ketchup packet right. handout. Way to cut costs. Yeah, if I give out too much ketchup, he's gonna see me. He's gonna know. <laughs> Well, listen, let's go ahead and get into today's song. But first, let me tell you, thanks so much for listening wherever you are. If you're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, all the places, we just want to say thanks so much for listening. We genuinely enjoy your feedback. We hang out over at our Facebook group called Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Great Song Pod. Me, I'm at Worship Nerd. JP is at Penny Trader 10. Uh, And just, you know, hit us up there. Let us know what songs you'd like to hear, what you're liking about the show, what you're hating about the show. We don't care. We're tough. We can take it. We don't, we handle criticism well, I think. We haven't really had any, but we'll find out. (laughs) We'll find out when we get a hater. Hater. Anyway, got a great song for you today. I can't wait to get into it. This is just a, it's, it's, it's a feel good eighties classic pop song. It just is good. It's like, this is like never going to give you up level eighties. Good. You know what I'm saying? That's a good comparison. Yeah. It's anyway. So let's get right into it. This is higher love by Steve Winwood.
synth bass wash over you. Absolutely. Take you away to another place, a better place in time. When there was more synth bass on the radio, it was just better days, I feel like. That could be that could be me getting older, but I don't know. Um, more like like we got a lot of synth bass now in pop music, but it's like growly, big, huge that you need a subwoofer to fully appreciate. I'm talking about that rinky dink bounce 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 bounce. So yeah, give me some more of that synth bass in my life. Um, Higher Love by Steve Winwood. If you don't know Steve Winwood by name, I guarantee you know this song. Like you can't go through life and not you know be familiar with this song. Um, but you may not know Steve Winwood. I don't know. It's just not a name that gets thrown around a lot. Like I feel like he's kind of underappreciated outside of like music circles. You know, yeah. like musicians, musicians should know him. Yeah, musicians know, know Steve Winwood and appreciate. But like your your general public, it's just not a name that gets thrown around a lot. You know, like old oh, Steve Winwood. Um, but let me tell you, the guy's had quite a career. Oh, we're yes. we're going to talk about it here in just a little bit. Some of the folks he's uh, he has made music with and, and made music for and all this kind of stuff. This is from the 1986 album Back in the High Life, which is in itself is a great song. Back in the High Life, the title track is a real banger, too. Um, we could have easily gone with anyone. He had a real run there in kind of the mid-'80s. His, oh, yes. As a solo artist, his era was like 1980 to 1990, pretty, pretty solidly, but like 85 to 88, something like that. He really had a run at it. Um, that's his stuff that you're hearing on the radio now is from that, from that period. Uh, as far as solo stuff goes, you've got, there's, he's got stuff that'll be heard forever. That was, you know, from other groups too. Um, a little bit of charts and awards. First of all, songwriters on this were Steve Winwood and Will Jennings, who we'll talk a little bit about in a little bit. Uh, Charts and awards, it hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100, number one on the Billboard Album Rocks Tracks chart, number 13 in the UK, which I would have thought a little more. Steve Winwood's British guy. I just always expect British folks to do better in the UK than they do in the US, Um, but uh, this charted higher in in the United States than it did in the UK. It won Grammys for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance, in which it beat out Sweet Freedom by Michael McDonald. Graceland by Paul Simon, Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins, and Glory of Love by Peter Cetera. That's a powerhouse of of domination. Powerhouse, absolutely. And it also won a Grammy for Record of the Year, beating out That's What Friends Are For by Dionne Warwick, Greatest Love of All by Dionne Warwick, just kidding, Whitney Houston, (laughs) as we learned, Uh, Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer, and Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. I mean, come on. That's solid. How do we not know Steve Winwood more? Yeah, exactly. The people he beat yep, exactly. So uh, really solid. This is just a gives you the, the the idea of like the staying power of the song. Like this was a big song, um, and it's one of those that just you know, like I said, it just makes you feel good. Like it's a, it's a. I mean, I realize it, is this because it's called a higher love? I don't know, but it just kind of up, is uplifting. It's, you know what I mean? Good. It's really uplifting. Yeah. I like that. The uh, did you see what knocked it off of the number one hit? Uh, tell me, Venus by Banorama. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm like, your Venus. I'm your fire. What's your desire? Nailed it, nailed man. It. Outstanding. The uh, when we were talking about the Grammys too for the best pop male vocal, I looked. I was like, I wonder how long the Grammys have been around. Do you know who won the first Grammy for best pop male vocal? No. A little trivia for you: Perry Como. Oh. With Catch a Falling Star, beat out "Come Fly with Me" by Frank Sinatra. Wow. Blue Eyes lost to, to Perry Como back in the day. Man. 
Okay, so. tell us a little bit about the album here. Let's talk a little bit about Back in the High Life. Okay, yeah, I've actually got it on vinyl and CD. Yeah. For those of y'all that are looking at Is that along. that vintage 1986 vinyl? This is, and it's even got the Cats uh, special. I've got it. Cats, cats music. music. You remember oh, cats my music? word. Y'all, yes. Y'all out there remember Cats? That's good stuff. Wow. Great album. Um, this, obviously, is the first track on there, Higher Love, with uh, Shaka Khan, who we'll talk about yeah. in the Meet the Band section. Uh, back in the High Life, which is the title track, has James Taylor on it. Really? Yeah, he's the backing vocalist. When on you back said in the it, High I Life. heard it. It makes sense, right? Oh, so that's man. another. We'll probably play a little sampling of Back in the High Life just yeah. so y'all can hear that when we're done. See the song we're talking about. Um, another uh, hit on the album, Finer Things. Um, I love it. It's yeah. another radio hit too. Maybe we'll hit a little sampling of that just so y'all can hear just little parts of the parts of the chorus. Uh, and then one of our favorites, Joe Walsh, does a song on here, track seven. It's called Split Decision. Really? So a good little... Uh, Is he on vocals or guitar? A little bit of both. So awesome. he helped write, helped write it with him and everything, too. So very smart on Steve Winwood by enlisting the, ha- the help of three pretty big powerhouses with yeah. Shaka Khan, James Taylor, and Joe Walsh. Absolutely. If you get them together with you on the same album... Um, you're destined for greatness. Really. Steve Winwood is kind of like, he's almost like a Kevin Bacon in that his, <laughs> his network. Of, uh, yeah, Steve six degrees of Steve Winwood. They're, like his network is That's good. massive. Uh, I like the, that. The, the, the people that he has touched over his career and, and crossed paths with is just insane. And he is kind of this guy who's like, you know, Ke- Kevin Bacon is not George Clooney, right? Mm-hmm. He's not the A-list, yep. whatever. He's kind of a, he's kind of on that next tier down as far as popularity and whatever. That's great. And he's like, he's the version I like of Carlos Santana. Like, it's not like <laughs> Santana's the front. Like, he's the yeah. guy. Yeah. And he enlists the helps of other people to make him look like the guy. Yeah. Steve Winwood's just cool with getting together with these people. And us making good music. True. You know, it's not yes. like, come make me look better. Yeah. He's just like, I'm going to come. It's just like, let's be better together. Let's be better together. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Absolutely. I like that. Go, Steve. Well done. And boo Santana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Rob Thomas would have been Overrated. a special. Yeah, if Rob Thomas would have been a special guest on this one, it wouldn't have been near as, as big <laughs> as, as James Taylor. <laughs> also, he would have been, what, probably three? Three. Something yeah. Like that. <laughs> Who's that crying in the background? Get that kid out of here. That's awesome. Oh, that's just Rob. Anyway, brought my kid to the studio today. All right. Um, all right. Anything else on the album before we move on? Let's play Let's play a little bit of Back in the Highlight. Let's do that. So they can hear. This is another pretty big hit from Steve Winwood off the same album. We, like he said, we could have chosen this one or any any number of Steve Winwood songs. We went with Higher Love because we felt like that was the biggest, and it was the number one, and it's probably one of our favorites. But play Back in the High Life. Y'all have probably heard this one on the radio. Absolutely. Make you smile. Yeah, you have no feelings it's and like, emotion. That's a smiling song. That's f- a comforting I f- song. I feel encouraged when I listen to Steve Winwood. I just realized, like, I feel like edified and built up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, thanks. I feel like he just kind of like sat me on his lap. You know what I mean? In a cool way, and like put his arm around my shoulder and just gave me some encouragement like, that I really be needed. All right. It's gonna yeah. be good. Like, man, thanks, Steve. You Play know? Finer Things. Man. That's track five. If so you're following that up with another hit. So that's track four on the album. The chorus of this one, um, Finer Things, another pretty big hit for him. Let's do it. Oh, no, po- not, not Finer Things by Polo G, which is the first thing that pulls up. Finer Things keep shining through. The way my soul gets lost in you. 
Lucy was everybody in 86. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Jeez. I'd have been five. Yep. Mm, same Same here. Kindergarten? Just starting? Yeah, right? Here we go. Back to school. Let's do back this. Back in the high life. I'm feel, that's right. Back in the high life. the finer thing? Living it up. What could go, what could go wrong? <laughs> So innocent. When was the Challenger? Uh, oh, <laughs> man. I think that was 86, was it right? That time? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely. It was pretty close. Yep. Oh, man. Way Blew to bring it. it down. Wow. Dang. What even brought that up? Like, I don't know. Like, you what? said what could, what could go wrong. <laughs> could go wrong. Like, uh... Man, what could bring down an entire nation in one instant? Oh, the Challenger. <laughs> oh, the challenger. Oh, jeez. Right. God. Elementary school nightmare. That's right, man. Oh, what a sad day. Dang it. Can we even go on after that? Absolutely. I think I need to go back to the high life. Uh, okay. Let's talk a little bit about Steve Winwood. Please, God, get us away from the Challenger explosion. <laughs> oh, God. You know what, though? I'm just going to be real. Let's break down the fourth wall for a minute for the listeners. Uh, honestly, today's recording session so mm. far has kind of been its own little oh, challenge explosion. You don't understand. I mean, on a much smaller scale. I don't mean any disrespect <laughs> by that. I just mean it's been an epic disaster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> started, we started, JP got stuck in traffic, started late, tech problems, n- noisy computers. Rob watched the intro like four times. I did. We had to record we today's intro. We the same thing every time. And That's not an exaggeration. Four times. Four times. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't get out. We, uh, we're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. For the life of me, it could was, not it say was, it. I, I didn't get to say fantastic for like the first hour that we hung out together. <laughs> he, he, he was just sitting on, f- <laughs> and, and I wouldn't let him get the f out. You know, <laughs> just come on. Can we just be real? We're all friends here. Thanks for listening. I'm glad you stuck with us. If you had heard the beginning of what we tried to do with this episode, you, there's no way you would have still been with us. So everybody that we just gained with old time rock and roll is yeah. like, whoops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are idiots. Uh, so anyway, maybe we should just start over. Hey, season's greetings. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back it in. It, this is Steve Winwood. He's great. We love him. He makes us all feel really good. Give us some theory. Talk about the song. Okay, th- this song is really surprisingly strange theory-wise. It's um, it's kind of all over the place as far as keys and tonality. Uh, it's just really weird, like... The verses are in. I, I don't. If you were to ask me what what uh, key, key this song is in, I would probably say F because that's what the chorus is in. But it's so weird. So the, the verses are sort of tonally centered in B flat, um, which would be the four of F. Which would be the four of F. But but the um, the chords around it. Are like okay, so the, the the chords of the verse are B flat F E flat F. So that's e, a B flat key. E, that's a B flat key exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but you're saying the song's but in I'm F. But I'm saying the song, the chorus is in F. Um, so, the, but the first set of chords is is chords that you would find naturally occurring in B flat. So B flat F E flat F E flat B flat G minor F. If you just heard me me play those chords, you would think I was in the songs in B flat. Yeah, I was in B flat. Um, but then it goes B flat F E flat F E flat B flat F C major, okay. Which would be so, a two major be a, or a five if we're in F now. Right. So. Okay. So now that two major chord, the C, becomes a five chord. It, it goes uh, into the pre-chorus. Okay. So let me let me play you a, just a little bit of this again to to remind us here uh, what we're talking about, and we'll we'll kind of talk through it here. E flat, F, E flat, 
B flat, G minor, F. So we're we're gonna land on the C. Boom. Then that becomes the five, six. D minor is the six in B flat. I mean in F. So now we're shifting slowly into an F tonality. Now we just hit the F. That's the first time we've landed there, where it sounded like that was the key. Now here, we're strongly in F. This is a four, one, five, you know, six. It's just, it just kind of jumps around. And, and one thing that complicates it is the melody. Because the, the melody, uh, it doesn't have a, um, a strong tonal center because it is either B flat or F pentatonic. Okay, so we've, I don't think in, in all the podcasts we've done, we've we talked about the pentatonic scale. I think we've maybe we not mentioned done a blues it song? As, far as, as far as like guitar soloing, we might have mentioned a minor pentatonic, uh, but we've never really talked about the pentatonic scale. Pentatonic just means five notes. Uh, that's all it means. It's a five-note scale. If you were to go up to a piano and just hit the black notes on a piano, uh, it would create for you a pentatonic scale. You hear it in a lot of like... Uh, Asian music, like if you think, uh, don't call me a racist here, but if you if you think stereotypical music that you would hear if you go into like a Chinese restaurant, that's like this. Uh, that kind of like Did you intentionally pick that piano sound. I don't know. It's just an oh, app on my phone. <laughs> um, so like if you that is what you think of a pentatonic it's so if you're thinking major pentatonic which is what we are here it's the one two three five six right it's just those five notes in any order you know ascending and descending but here's the thing about this song the the notes that are in the melody of the verses are in a pentatonic scale but the but the notes that you encounter in an F pentatonic scale and the notes that you encounter in a B flat pentatonic scale are the same notes. And so the chords are moving around and the and the melody is either F G B flat C D, which is an F pentatonic scale, or B flat C D F G, which is a B flat pentatonic That's scale. That's awesome. It's the same. That's cool. Um, and so it kind of makes it it kind of there's not a real easy tonal center until you get to the chorus, which probably just serves to really bang the chorus into your brain. You know what I mean? It makes the chorus feel really strong all of a sudden. Because um, even like I said, the transition in the pre-chorus, it's technically in F tonality, but it almost doesn't land there until the very end of it. So you get into the chorus and then you go. Ah, and we've talked we've talked before about music being sort of a, about tension and release. Mm -hmm. The chorus is a big release, I think, because it, the tonal center hasn't really been established yet in the verses. And then uh, the bridge shifts temporarily to the key of C. When you get to the when you get to the bridge, play the bridge. Um, so we can know what part and this is really there's kind of like two bridges. We'll I'll talk about it in a minute, but it's like. Um, there's this 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 part here. Now we're in C. That's a C. B flat. Then we kind of move back to F. Uh, back to B flat. That's a B flat tonality. And then this is going to feel like a little bit of a key change. 
because we're going back to F. And now we're going back to the chorus in an F theme. So the, the, the tonal center is all over the place in this song. It's very adeptly done, uh, and it's really sneaky because it doesn't sound that weird. You know what I mean? The melody serves to make it work. Uh, but it's really a lot more complicated than than it seems like. That was one of my favorite theory sections. I really like that. I feel like I lost probably. No, that was good. Okay, all no, right. That was that was good. I felt like you were on everything we did wrong with the challenger. We saved right with the theory <laughs> section. Gosh. You uh, you want to meet the band? Yes, please. Let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. All right, we're gonna meet the band uh, that plays on this particular track with Steve Winwood. Uh, we'll start with Steve Winwood, the uh, lead vocals, synth, and did some drum programming. Started playing piano at age four. Joined his father and brother Muff for clubs at bars at age eight. So he was playing in clubs at eight, and he was playing piano. So he'd have to turn the piano facing the wall with his back to the because he's so under so young. Yeah. After that, he his first big break was with uh, Spencer Davis Group. Yeah. And y'all would know them from uh, Give Me Some Lovin'. Can we? Should we just hit Please. a second of it? I mean, honestly, it deserves its own episode. Absolutely. Uh, but until then, let this serve to uh, to give you some good vibes here. Come on. Come on. Hit me. That organ. That's organ. Come on. That is organ. Yeah. Anyway, we won't spoil it, because honestly, that we song deserves that its own one. episode. Yeah, we may do that one later. Um, their other big hit, Keep On Running, not the Journey song that nobody's ever heard of than me, Keep On Running, which I really love. Not uh, Keep On Rolling by REO Speedwagon. Ah, all right. There you go. Um, Somebody Help Me was a big hit from them, too. So if you look that up on uh, on the, like YouTube or anything and you're watching it, he speaks German. And he was 14. How cool. That? So, yeah, hey, I think he's probably a pretty brilliant guy. He's probably like, you know, like we talking about Brian May being just kind of a brain. I feel like Winwood is probably like that too. Plays everything. Really smart guy. Could have a conversation with anybody in any group. Probably like you put so. him in one and he'll just be able to yeah, contribute. He will, he will rise or, 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 you know, dumb himself down to fit whatever yep. the necessary. Yeah, Chameleon. Um, Peter York played drums with the Spencer Davis group. Uh, Steve left the Spencer Davis group to form Traffic, yeah. which is another pretty big powerhouse band that I didn't know much about. I didn't, I didn't really ever listen to Traffic much. They're not super on my radar. Bunch of hits I'd never really heard before I started doing my research on this. Dear Mr. Fantasy, Holding My Shoe, Feeling All Right. Um, but then he left Traffic to join Blind Faith. Yeah. And man, did I do some Blind Faith research. Yeah. I, I really, so those of y'all that don't know Blind Faith, Steve Winwood, Eric Clapton, Ginger Baker on bass and Rich Gretsch on drums. So, I yeah. mean, that's like... Super group. Yeah, it's super group. Um, Clapton had just finished with Cream uh, a matter of like two months ago. Yeah. And basically said, I, th- I think there was an agreement between the, the Cream fellows that they wouldn't play together in any combination unless it was all together again. Um, and then like Whoops. nine <laughs> weeks later... Clapton and Ginger Baker are in the studio at, with Blind Faith. Yeah, so uh, this they only had one album. Yeah, and did one tour. 
Yeah. Uh, and their first gig was at Hyde Park for 100,000 fans. So your first gig, you're playing for 100,000 people. And Clapton even says that he didn't feel like they were prepared enough. So their gigs would lead them following back, falling back on, like they would do traffic songs right. and cream songs yep. just to just to please the band. Because they um, didn't have enough. They had like, well, there's eight songs on that album or something. Yeah, it's, and it's it's like, you know, so what else are you going to do? And it's, it's all new material. You know what I mean? So it's like, like, it's like. It's cool that they're all together, but not everybody knows the songs yet because they're not. They haven't yeah, been established. It's just coming so, out. So, what do you do to get the crowd on your side? You, you play hits. Yeah, you, you play. It's cream. You know, yeah. you, know, you play cream songs. You play traffic songs. But then they basically kind of just became a cover band of their own stuff. Yeah. And so they toured with uh, Free, who's a pretty big band, yeah. and Delaney and Bonnie. And actually, Clapton said that he liked Delaney and Bonnie's band better than his own. So he would sit in and play with them sometimes, and on the latter part of the tour, he was just their percussionist. So really? Eric Clapton played percussion with the lady <laughs> and body just to be on stage with these guys because he liked them so much. Wow, he so, just dug the vibe. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. If you have Clapton and you put him on percussion, <laughs> what in the world? Um, my favorite Blind Faith song, Can't Find My Way Home. I don't know if you know that one, but Clapton and Winwood still play that one live. When they do stuff together live, that's one, that's their one of theirs that they play together. Um, other big blind faith story. There's a pretty controversial album cover. Um, mm-hmm. It's a. I wouldn't say go look it up. Please don't. There's right. a, a topless girl, but that inspired the band name because the photographer that took the picture called that picture blind faith, and he mm. actually wanted to use her older sister, but felt she was too old. So her payment for that photo was a horse. What? She asked for a pony. Weird. For like her. Her payment, but the story of that is now the American cover that you look like is the band. Um, so it's a it's a picture of the band. So yeah, one one album, one tour, um, and then Duh. they left to form Ginger Baker's Air Force. Yeah, was the name of the band after that. Uh, then Steve Winwood went back and did one more album with Traffic. Then his solo career kicked in uh, in '82 is actually when he get kicked with uh, too, okay. with uh, Valerie. That was his first big hit, which I we and Rob were talking about it before. Um, we really, we really like it. So, yeah, um, absolutely. You were telling me, you were telling me a great story about your, about the, uh, about the left turn you took in your house while you were listening to Valerie. You want to tell yeah, the, sure. it's a so, funny story. So my wife is, um, she's very eclectic when it comes to music. So I'm a huge dream theater fan. Yeah. So, and confession, she's actually listened to the new album more than me, and she works out to it and she's rocking out. With dream theater is like theater. heavy progressive you know what I mean? Play like, a sampling of Dream Theater. Sure. Just pick something. I don't something. think we've ever had an opportunity to actually play We're going to do a Dream Theater, Theater episode. So this is our... Yeah. So that's that's what's going on, right? This song is amazing. It's got all these cool... The time guitar changes. riff keeps going, and the time signature changes around this guitar riff, which doesn't change. It's so cool. Anyway, it deserves its own moment. But so that's what's happening so in your house. So we're walking out in our house, and then we have one of those Hey Googles, or I think they're called iHomes or whatnot. So I'm like, hey. you don't even know. You're so untech. Uh, yeah, I'm so. Uh, on you my think it's phone. called a Hey Google? <laughs> like, thanks, Granddad. Oh hey Google, play <laughs> Valerie by Steve Winwood, and this happens. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I got my sweatbands on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And she is like, what in the world did you just do? So anyway. Talk about harsh and a buzz. <laughs> like if, if, you're on, if you're on a dream theater kick and yeah. then you go there, it, like it's fine on its own if, you, if, it, if it has its own moment. But if you're ahead you got to transition into that. Yeah. That's like quitting smoking cold turkey <laughs> right there. Exactly. Like, uh, you're not going to be able to smoke, so here's a pixie stick. Let's yeah, exactly. chew on this. <laughs> so anyway, Valerie was his first uh, big hit uh, from Talking Back to the Night, which is another another really good album so that's steve winwood we're still on meet the band yeah uh, on horn synth programming david frank he did uh, the horn programming on phil collins studio another huge horn part and then he did all the horn work on 98 degrees and rising okay the first christina aguilera album and destiny's child wow so uh pretty pretty diverse there going going with the horn synth programming on the aforementioned synth bass uh, that Rob was talking about. I don't know if it's Philip or Felipe because it's spelled P H I L L I P E. Hmm. Yeah, and it could I think be Philippe. It could be. Maybe split the difference. That's right. <laughs> and his last name is either, I'm going to go with Sace, maybe. It's S A I S S E. Okay. I don't know. He's part of a part of a, uh, a trio now, a jazz trio, Phillips, Sace, and Palladino. Those of y'all who know P- Pino Palladino, who we know with John Mayer, um, was also a touring bassist for The Who at the time of this jazz trio. Yeah. So he had to cut it short so he could play with The Who uh, the year they played the Super Bowl. So on lead guitar, one of my favorite parts of this band, Eddie Martinez, uh, was with David Lee Roth for a while, Run DMC, Meatloaf. <laughs> Wow. So that's kind of, you know, pretty that's pretty awesome. diverse as well, too. But his most notable guitar part is from Simply Irresistible by Robert Palmer. Really? I know we've done some samples, but please play oh, the yeah. riff from Simply Irresistible by Robert Palmer, because this is Eddie Martinez, and I think this is good guitar work. Man, I love this song. So that's Eddie Martinez on lead guitar right there. I freaking love that song, dude, so much. And you think, how do we add more guitar magnificence to that? Well, we got a guy playing rhythm guitar you may have heard by the name of Nile Rogers. Oh, yeah, him? From Chick. Yeesh. Le Freak. He's Um, a monster. Dude, Chuck and Style guitar player, um, but you're right, he is a monster. Like, he's written songs that you you wouldn't even know. We Are Family by Sister Sledge. I'm Coming Out for Diana Ross. Yeah. Um, so he's done. He's a legend. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, and then in 2000s, he went to only video games and movie soundtracks. Like, really? That's what he did. He's like, I'm just going to do video games and movie soundtracks. So he did the movie soundtrack for Rush Hour 2, <laughs> Snow Dogs, <laughs> <laughs> and then a personal favorite of mine, Semi-Pro with Will Ferrell. Really? And he wrote Love Me Sexy by Jackie Moon. Do you know that I song? I do not know Dude, that song. I don't know if we can play. It's funny, though. Those of y'all Is watch, that from uh, it's Semi-Pro? It's from Semi-Pro. Okay. It's Love Me Sexy. It's hilarious. <laughs> Take a second and listen to it. Oh, man. Um, but another Nile Rogers story. So in 1990, his heart apparently stopped eight times and he was pronounced dead and he was brought back to life that separate incidents separate times eight times and then he was brought back to life and apparently he came back to the doctors discussing his death certificate oh my like he comes back and some doctors are talking about your death certificate holy cow that's insane right um so that didn't apparently stop him too much so because for the next four years he kept using alcohol but using alcohol in the world, I am my grandfather. Really, he kept using that, hey, Google. 
<laughs> so anyway, he, yeah, he was, um, and a friend showed him a video of his performance in 94 and was like, this is how awful you look on stage. And he saw it and he's like, I'm done. Wow. So he saw an embarrassing video of himself totally bombing and, and, and gave it up, Man. gave up the juice. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, now Rogers. So, and we may talk more about him if we ever do. A, yeah. He's, he's all over. He's, he's touched ever, a lot of people yeah, too. He's yeah. one of those kind of, you don't hear his name a lot, but behind the scenes, he's all over the place. Absolutely. Um, on drums, John Robinson, another megastar. He was on the off the wall album from Michael Jackson, played drums on we are the world. Also on Centerfield by John Fogarty. Heck yeah. Change the World by Eric Clapton. Yeah. All Night Long by Lionel Richie. Okay. I'm so excited and slow hands for the Pointer Systems. So what you're telling me. Pointer Systems, Pointer Sisters. (laughs) Pointer Sisters. Uh, Did some stuff with Luis Miguel. That's on there just for my wife's mom. And he did (laughs) California Girls for David Lee Roth. I really thought you were going to say he was California Dreams. He was the drummer for California Dreams. (laughs) No, sorry. That was Tony. You want to talk about a super group now. Goodness gracious. Legendary. Give me J. Anthony Frank. Oh. Oh, man, come Michelle on. Michelle Kwan. Absolutely. Tony. M- wait, Michelle Kwan? I think that's her name. No. Her, her real name, isn't not it, her character name. Isn't that, was it, isn't, her name? Isn't Michelle Kwan an Olympic Maybe skater? So. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> Michelle something. Darn it. Oh, man, oh, we made two Asian references. We're bad. To, uh, we're sorry. Jeez. Sorry I botched your name there. You're a wonderful <laughs> singer. Keep doing your thing. On oh, the, dude. On Love is Like, like This So on what the you're radio. telling me about him is, all those songs you named are very, very, very pocket drum songs. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? They're like oh, that's kind of easy listening pocket drums. Uh-huh. Like kind no of flash. No flash. Yeah, be a drum machine. You know, g- just sit in the back and drum and don't bother anybody, but serve the song. Like sure. do it great. Which is not how Higher Love starts. It's a busy drum yeah, intro. Yeah, it's got the the drum sample, yeah. you know, and, and the, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. But all those other songs are kind of on the softer softer side. Mm -hmm. Uh, On congas and tambourine, Carol Steele. I did no homework on her. I just wrote her name down because I was just reading the back of the vinyl. Uh, On backing vocals, Shaka Khan. Heck yeah. Yvette Mary Stevens. Heck Shaka yeah. Queen of Funk. Shaka Uh, Boom. There we go. First to have ever a crossover hit in 84 with I Feel... For you, with rapper Mel Mel of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, that? first one ever. Yeah, she did the original "I'm Every Woman" that y'all would know from yeah. the Bodyguard soundtrack. Yeah, Whitney Houston did. Absolutely. Um, tell me something good. Yep, that's her 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 hit. But for me, the Shaka Khan highlight is in this song. Okay, the Shaka Khan highlight for me personally, I realize this is this is picking out a tiny, tiny sample of an illustrious career. She's won 10 Grammy Awards. Like, she's a legend. She's Shaka Khan. But my favorite Shaka Khan moment is actually in this song. Let's hear what you're talking about. Right here. It's nasty. It's the brain. (laughs) It's that... Brang me. That second one, man. That's my favorite. Like, she really brang it. You know what I'm saying? Like, brang me. Come on. I will. Uh, If you say it like that, I'll bring it to you. It doesn't really matter what comes after that. If you say brang me, whatever follows, I will bring it to you. No matter what it is. And then Steve gave it his best with, boop. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's my favorite Shaka Khan good. moment. Good. Anyway, and that's the band. That's a pretty, uh, pretty thick band. Not I, it's bad. Tough to top that one. Yeah, that's doozy not bad for me. when you got Shaka Khan on on BGVs. You know what I mean? Uh, it's good to have friends. You know, right? Like, wow. Um, got some. I want to talk a little bit about Wilbur Jennings um, yeah, because I, he is he's not just another dude. Uh, it as it turns out, uh, he is a pretty 
significant writer in his own. You may not know his name, um, but you definitely, definitely know his most popular work. Um, he wrote the lyrics to this little ditty that you may have heard. No, no, no. Come on now. From the worst movie ever. So uh, that he wrote the lyrics to, to My Heart Will Go On, which is one of the all-time most annoying mega hits. <laughs> uh, it's right up there with, like, the Macarena for me. It's, I can't really decide which, which one I hate more. Uh, but he's a member of the Songwriters Hall of Fame. He's won Grammys, Golden Globes, and Oscars. He co-wrote uh, Up Where We Belong, Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warnes from uh, Officer and a Gentleman, another huge movie song. He co-wrote Tears in Heaven, another huge movie song. Co-wrote Tears in Heaven with Clapton, for which he won a Grammy and a Golden Globe. Uh, also featured in the movie Rush. Rush. Uh, yeah. It's a um, depressing movie. Yeah. Um, and he, he did extensive work with uh, jazz legend Joe Sample, uh, wrote a bunch of stuff for like B.B. King and just tons of others. Like the guy's a legend. So don't overlook Wilbur Jennings and his uh, his was a, a lyrical contribution to, to this song. So uh, actually the, the uplifting high love uh, lyrically is really coming from Wilbur Jennings. So that's very cool. Uh, but the, the guy, I mean, he's got a serious resume. I think it's so cool. Um, I think that I talked about it a minute ago when we were talking about theory, but the, I want to talk about the third verse slash second bridge. I don't really know what to categorize it as because normally in a, in a, in a typical song in the last 30 years, you'd have verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then a bridge, which is a kind of a third musical section that doesn't sound like the other two that either introduces or puts a different spin on the thoughts that have already been included, right? And then it'll um, wrap up with a big chorus. And then it wraps up back with a chorus. So, but what they do is they've got a first bridge uh, of this song, which is, um, you know, its own thing. Let's play a little bit of it so you can hear it. Here's bridge one. Instrumental breakdown, then they come back in and then go back into another thing that feels like a third verse, but it is not a verse. It, it's like a, I don't know what it is, but it's awesome. Like this is a totally different thing. A different song. Yeah. Is it's like man, I got part of this other song, but like maybe it's not worth finishing. Why don't we just throw it Let's in just here? Throw it in this and song. So I don't even know what to call that. It, it's like a, it feels like a verse, right? It feels like a third verse, but it's totally different, you know, than the verses. But the, it's like they were like, man, I got this great melody idea, nowhere to put it. Let's just do something totally out of character with pop music and put a fourth musical section in this thing. I should have done a little bit home, more homework because the album version is five minutes and forty five seconds, yep. whereas the single is four fourteen. Yeah. 
So I wonder what part they cut out. It's got it's got some some of the instrumental sections, uh, and it's and it's yeah, just little things here and there, which I much prefer the longer version, the album version. Give me that all day long. And now most of the time, when you hear it on the radio, you hear the album version, the longer version because this gets played on stations that don't care about playing three um, minute songs anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? It just gets played on these awesome like we play anything stations, which oh, I love. We forgot to talk about this is still categorized in another blue eyed soul song. We talked yes, about Blue Eyed Soul. Blue Eyed Soul. That's a good descriptor for Steve Winwood. There you if go. you're a believer in that descriptor, it Steve Winwood definitely fits that. Yeah, definitely fits which that. I, which podcast did we talk about? Blue Eyed uh, Soul. Hollow Notes. Right. Yeah. Hollow Notes. Yeah. So Daryl. Go back and listen to the Hollow Notes if you want a full description on. Yeah, on Blue Eyed Soul. Blue Eyed Soul. We really broke it down. Uh, the video for this song was nominated for MTV Video Music Awards, as was a very, and I do mean very. Similar video for Duran Duran's Notorious, uh, which was directed by the same guys who did this video, uh, Peter Kagan and Paula Grief. I say guys, Peter Kagan and Paula Grief, guys meaning general folks, not patriarchy. Um, but it's funny, I thought in watching this one, it's literally like... Is this what the video looks like? Is it these kind of color scheme? I'm showing him the back of the vinyl. It's kind of, them. yeah, it's it's some like black and white shots. It's so very 80s, field. it's hard to describe. A lot up. of movement, some shots in color of like people dancing and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then it's some black and white and it's a little grainy on purpose. Um, and the Duran Duran video is so very similar. And even like the lead singer of Duran Duran and Steve Winwood are dressed the same. They're both kind of dressed like Robert Palmer. Yeah, it's like it's like, like the, the 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 you know the the necktie, the maybe the, the square necktie, maybe uh, and the you know what I mean, maybe like a cardigan. I can't even remember, but the. They all kind of look like Robert Palmer and Peter Gabriel. Like, I thought it was funny that this went up against Sledgehammer and Addicted to Love, because if you put those three guys in a lineup, you know, I'm not sure that you could convict one of a crime. You know what I'm saying? Like, in this era. You, you can't be like, step up and sing. Oh, man, that guy can sing. Right, yeah. yeah, well. yeah that's right. You know, I remember after he beat me in the head, he was running, walking away singing some song. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so anyway. Uh, all three British, right? Robert yeah. Palmer's British. Uh, Peter Gabriel, British. So I, interesting. We're maybe onto hey, something here. Hey. I don't know. Maybe it's that, that thing where one label is like, you know, oh, uh, you know, you've got you've got a you got Michael Jackson. We need a prince to try and oh, you know what I mean? To try I and compete. like whatever. Yeah. Like movies are really bad about that. It's like, uh, you know, Mercury Rising and Armageddon. You know what I mean? You need your monster movie. We're going to do a similar monster movie to try and compete or at least take away from anyway. Could be. I don't know. Uh, some interesting covers. You got anything on covers? I, got I a few. don't. You, you okay. take the cover section. I have three really, it. really interesting ones here. Um, okay, so this first one, I'm just going to let it come to you, okay? Okay. I'm going to play it, and you tell me who it is when you figure it out. You will, because it's pretty obvious, but tell me who if it I is. If I botch this, guys, yeah. don't hit me on this. First of all, different groove, all right? Swing. Sounds like Paula Abdul music. Think about it. Oh, it's a female. There must be a higher love. We've covered her this season. Oh, what you oh, oh, yeah. Wait till she gets the chorus. Things look so bad everywhere. In this whole world, what is fair? We walk the line and try to see. And she goes straight into the brain me. She doesn't wait. 
I mean, she kills it. Yeah, she yeah. kills it. So that was that was on a Japanese release of her "I'm Your Baby Tonight." Okay, uh, and and she did it live and whatever. So it wasn't released in the U.S., uh, but it was on, the, never heard it was on the Japanese version. I didn't either. I, I had no idea. I was like, it, I feel like you would know if Whitney Houston had covered a song like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, but apparently not. Um, let's see. Here's another one. This is uh, this is young, and I do mean young. Nick Jonas. On his album, Nicholas Jonas. <laughs> Think about it. Hey. They must be higher love. Sounds like handsome. Down in the yeah. heart well, or hidden in the stars above. Without That's it. enough of that. <laughs> you good? Not that. Yeah. Yeah. On that one. That's like, seriously, <laughs> he's got to be eight. Is he the Jonas that married the girl from Quantico? I have no idea. I don't know. I can't. I don't know who the Jonases no. are. I can't tell them apart. I, don't I think there's maybe a William. I don't know. A Patrick. Because I think that's a terrible name. Joe Jonas. Joe Jonas. My name is Joe Jonas. The the the. This is this is old enough where he's like eight. He's like just kind of chilling up against a thing, like leaning up against a thing with some cool kicks on. And the the font is. Um, it's before they try to do cool fonts. You know what I mean? Like your first album always has bad font. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it's like, it's got the font from like the, uh, life is good t-shirts. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It, it just says Nicholas Jonas in the little font. So yeah, it's like embryonic Nick Jonas. Um, <laughs> And then a, a more recent one that has kind of taken on a life of its own and has been used in some uh, cool advertising is where I heard it, um, is by James Vincent McMorrow. Check this one out. He's a uh, he's from the U.K., I believe, as well. I think he's – I want to say he's Irish. Think about it. There must be higher love Down in the heart hidden in the stars above Totally different vibe. Oh, yeah. It works. Does it ever pick up? Or is no. it just chill? It's this. It's kind of like the sleeping at last vibe. I can't this. We'll have to bring it up with the original. Check the course. It's kind of sweet. saw it for is had some people in like space uh, and I, I just assume it was probably for a car or a beer but i don't i don't know <laughs> most ads are bring me a bring me a miller light <laughs> no something no. i don't know um yeah i don't know that's the last one i have uh, sorry dude, like we gotta, we gotta, her, so we gotta end with the we'll original. go out we'll go out and let shaka khan take us out with some hey, brand one thing i will do we will give I, we gave a teaser at the end of the black uh history month one that we were going to do the hendrix episode mm-hmm. and i had a friend that said i really like that you did that because it gave me some time to listen to the album for the week so i don't know if we want to tease quite yet what we're doing next week we can t- well we're gonna i'll give you a little sampling it's gonna be something different yeah so Next that, week is going to be different. So just go listen to everything different, and you'll be ready. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'll be ready. Yeah, next week is an is an episode type 
that we have not yet explored. Never done before. Okay, We've had so, a lot of people ask us to do something like this. Yeah. Um, so we're going to dive in and see how it happens. Yeah. We'll just see how it goes. And then who knows? The podcast may not survive. <laughs> it's this that, may be the end. It's that, it's that kind of monumental shift in fundamentally what we've been about to this Everything point. Everything we've done. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be different. We're going to, we're going to try it. We'll see how it goes. If everybody hates it, we'll never do it again. This we could will. be the challenger <laughs> or it could be the moonwalk. That's right. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening wherever you are. Thanks so much. Find us on Facebook, uh, the Facebook group, Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. Check us out on Twitter at Great Song Pod. Go to greatsongpodcast.com. You can catch all the archives, all the merch. Show us where you're wearing the merch. Listen, I got a picture the other day. I got a post online of uh, somebody with a Great Song Podcast sticker in Brazil. Brazil. Straight from Brazil with a beautiful beach background and just all this ancient, you know, whatever stuff in Brazil with their Great Song Podcast sticker held up behind the air. So shouts out to send everybody if you're who's in a different there. country. We'll send you a sticker hey, if you've got a good place for a picture. Listen, if you're in Chicago, send us a sticker. <laughs> send us a picture of where you want to go and, and we'll send you a sticker to get you there. Uh, we, won't, we won't pay for the postage for the ticket, but anywhere you want to travel, show us the picture of the sticker. sticker. Yeah, absolutely. That's about we'll, our budget. We'll have a sticker waiting for you in your hotel room. You know, we'll <laughs> On your pillow. Slide it under the door. <laughs> fold it up like origami. Anyway, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music.